Good morning, and welcome to the Truth and Love radio broadcast. This program has been a part of the Mid-South for the last 70 years, faithfully overseen by the Getwold Church of Christ. Truth and Love will carry on lifting up the banner of New Testament Christianity today to the Mid-South area under the oversight of the Olive Branch Church of Christ. Please join us now as Mike Hickson opens the Bible and shares the truth in love. In Job chapter 14 at verse 1, the Bible says, Man born of woman is a few days and full of trouble. I don't have to tell you that we live in a world of pain and suffering. Many of us, sadly, have been through the school of hard knocks. We know what it's like to suffer pain. We have seen loved ones that have experienced debilitating diseases and difficulties in this life. Someone said on one occasion that there are three kinds of people in the world. There are those who are about to have problems. There are those who have problems. And then there are those who are coming out of the problems of life. In our study today, I want to call your attention to a passage found in the book of James. James is one of the more practical books in the New Testament. Some have said that it is to the New Testament what the book of Proverbs is to the Old Testament. There are so many practical nuggets of divine truth found in this book. And so in James chapter 1, the inspired writer deals with the problem of human suffering, the trials of life. And what we want to do in our study today is simply to call attention to the theme, dealing with the trials and tribulations of life. I want to begin by noting with you what the writer said some 2,000 years ago. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the trying or testing of your faith produces patience. But let patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. In our study, what we want to do is to take a practical approach to what the record says and try to make some application to life. Let's first and foremost begin by discussing the various trials of life. Now, James said, count it all joy when you fall into various trials. James here is talking about those outward trials common to those of us who live in this world. Now, sometimes people ask the question, why do we suffer? I mean, why, why is it that we are living in a world that is filled with pain and heartache? Well, the answer to that takes us all the way back to Genesis chapter 3. Because in Genesis chapter 3, we have one of the more pivotal passages in Scripture. Because it introduces us to the problem of sin. And because of sin, human suffering. So just very quickly and briefly, you remember in Genesis chapter 2, God had instructed the first couple while in the Garden of Eden that they were not to eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. 
The Bible tells us in chapter 3 that they succumbed to temptation. As a result of that, they began to die physically. Now, they died spiritually because they became separated from their Creator. Thus, God began setting in motion the redemptive plan as outlined throughout the Scriptures, but beginning in Genesis chapter 3 at verse 15 with the announcement of the promised seed. But when sin entered into the lives of mankind on planet Earth, it also brought pain and suffering and, yes, even death. And over time, if anything, the pain and the human suffering that man has experienced has only exasperated. And so, that being said, are there not people today, young and old, rich and poor, black and white, that they have to learn to deal with disease, illness, disability, economic reversals, there are losses of jobs, death, death of a loved one or friend. I mean, there are just so many different kinds of ways that people suffer in this world. Many years ago, I had the opportunity to befriend a family whose young son was a patient at St. Jude Hospital. And sadly, that young boy didn't make it. But the silver lining was that when that boy left this world, he went to be with the Lord. He was, at that time, maybe two to three years of age. But he suffered immensely. That wasn't, that wasn't the wishes of his parents, nor my wishes, but the sad, cold reality that the world that we live in is filled with pain and suffering. And we see it in every walk of life, in every sector of America, and yes, even around the globe. Now, here's a question. How then will we respond to the various trials of life? Now, it might be the case that because of the trials of life, we become jaded, cynical, angry, that we begin to doubt and question, where is God? Where was God when I faced some of my darkest times in life? And then the flip side is that we might face the trials and tribulations of life joyfully. Now you say, wait a minute. There's just something not right about that. You mean to tell me that in the midst of pain and suffering that I can find joy? Well, listen again to what James said. We'll elaborate more on this in a moment or two. But James said, Count it all joy when you fall into various trials. I do not believe for a second that what James is saying is that when we're in the middle of a storm in life and our lives have literally been turned upside down and we are suffering or maybe our loved ones are suffering and hurting and we see the pain in their face. I don't think that what James is saying is that we're joyful at that point in time in life. But I do think what he's saying is that once we come out on the other side of the storm, that we can look back and then begin to ask some questions. Okay? What have I learned? 
Are there some profound lessons that I, as a member of the human family, have learned? Now, I mentioned a moment ago, the various trials of life, they can either leave us jaded or joyful. They can make us bitter, or we can channel those difficulties and use them to make us better. Now, that being said, I want to call your attention to a second important point in our study. And we're going to elaborate more, as I said a minute ago, with regard to our reaction. I said just a moment ago that one of the ways that we can deal with trial in life is to be joyful. So just hold on, and we'll get to that in a moment or two. Now, James said, count it all joy when you fall into various trials. Now note, knowing that the trying or testing of your faith. Now, what James is saying here is, that when we go to the school of hard knocks, that there are some profound lessons that we can learn. Those lessons can be used for our good. Now, how then do we react to pain and suffering? Let me give you three possibilities. Number one, the trials of life potentially could shake our faith. And by that, I simply mean they can cause us to question whether or not there is a God. We can ask, where was God when I was hurting and suffering? Or where was God when my loved ones were in the midst of a storm in this life? Go back and look at the book of Job for a minute. We began by citing Job chapter 14, verse 1, where the patriarch said, Man, born of a woman, is a few days and full of trouble. Let me ask you a question. Did Job know something about human suffering? Did he experience trial and tribulation in life? Did he have questions? Did he wonder, what in the world is going on in my life? The Bible tells us that Job was a good man, feared God, turned away from evil. Job, the Bible tells us, was a very wealthy man had ten children, seven sons, and three daughters. Job enjoyed life, I have no doubt, to the fullest. And yet, the Bible tells us that in a very brief period of time, that man faced excruciating losses in life. He lost his children. And then, he lost a great deal of his wealth. Add to that the loss of his own health. The Bible tells us that his body was covered with boils from the crown of his head to the soles of his feet. And then you remember what the record says about his wife? No doubt despondent, discouraged because of the tragedies that they had seen unfold before their eyes. She said, curse God and die. And yet Job had the presence of mind to say, you speak as one of the foolish women speak. Shall we not receive good at the hands of God? Shall we not receive adversity? Now the Bible tells us that Job did not sin, though plagued by great losses. Now, let me ask you this question. The pain and the suffering that you face in this life or that you have faced Is it comparable to what Job faced in his life? 
I've never buried ten children. I've never buried one child. I have had the honor to conduct many, many funerals throughout my preaching life. And I can think of one family right now that I conducted funerals for two of their sons. It's a hard and bitter pill to swallow, but it's a part of life. Now imagine if you had been in the shoes of Job, looking out over the horizon one evening and seeing ten freshly marked graves. Would that have not brought tears to your eyes? Sure it would have. And then to lose your financial resources, your wealth? Would that not have been very humbling? Well, again, the answer would be yes. And then what about your own health? To feel the pain that accompanies a body that is racked with pain day in and day out. And what about the loss of support from your helpmate? You know, Mrs. Job was suffering every bit as much as her husband. And they were both fighting to see their way through the difficulties that came upon them so rapidly. So number one, it's quite possible that the trials of life could shake our faith. You think Job's life may have been shaken? You think possibly his faith may have been shaken to some extent? But then there's a second possibility, and that is that the trials of life could break our faith. Wouldn't it be terrible to allow adversity, trial, suffering, tribulations? Wouldn't it be terrible to allow those things to break our faith in Almighty God, to destroy the relationship that we have with the Lord? There have been people in days gone by that because of the adverse circumstances that they found themselves in, they literally waved the white flag and said, we're done, or I'm done. They have cast aside their most precious possession, that being their faith in God. So yes, the trials of life, they can shake our faith. The trials of life potentially could break our faith. But then thirdly, May I submit to you that the trials of life could make our faith. I said in the previous point, the trials of life, they can leave us jaded or joyful, bitter, or they can make us better. And what the writer is saying to us in the book of James is that we can learn from the trials that we face, that we can come away with some positive thoughts. And we can use these trials or tribulations to better us, to help us, to deepen our faith in Almighty God. Now, that being said, when we talk about making our faith, listen again to what James said many years ago. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials. 
knowing that the testing or trying of your faith produces patience or perseverance, endurance. But let patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect or mature and complete, lacking nothing. Could I say today that the trials that you face in this life, that they can help you, aid you, better you as you fight for survival in this very cruel and difficult world. Now, one of the byproducts of human suffering, according to James, is that we develop patience or perseverance. We learn to endure, to persevere. Over in James chapter 5 at verse 11, James said, you have heard of the perseverance or patience of Job and seen the end intended by the Lord, that the Lord is compassionate, very compassionate and merciful. Go back and read the book of Job when you have the opportunity and pay attention to what he says over in chapter 13 at verse 15. Job had the presence of mind to simply say in a very succinct or concise way, Though he slay me, yet will I trust him. To trust God to see us through, to strive to persevere or to endure in the various trials and difficulties that we face in this life. In the book of Hebrews in chapter 12, the writer encourages us to keep our eyes on the Lord, to remember the persevering spirit that Jesus demonstrated in going, in going to the cross on our behalf. But in Hebrews chapter 12, the writer said unto long ago, Therefore we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, the cloud of witnesses that he was referencing, takes us back to chapter 11, where the writer there speaks of those great people of God who are in what we call phase Hall of Fame. But he mentioned some of the adversities and difficulties and trials that they faced and how they were able to overcome, persevere, endure, if you please. And so in Hebrews chapter 11, beginning in verse 32, the writer asked the question, What more shall I say? For the time would fail me to tell of Gideon and Barak and Samson and Jephthah, also of David and Samuel and the prophets, who through faith subdued kingdoms, worked righteousness, obtained promises, stopped the mouths of lions, quenched the violence of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, out of weakness were made strong, became valiant in battle, turned to flight the armies of the aliens, Women received their dead raised to life again, and others were tortured, not accepting deliverance, that they might obtain a better resurrection. Still others had trial of mockings and scourgings, yes, and of chains and imprisonment. They were stoned, they were sawn in two, were tempted, were slain with the sword. They wandered about in sheepskins and goatskins, being destitute, afflicted, tormented, of whom the world was not worthy. They wandered in deserts and mountains, in dens and caves of the earth. 
and all these, having obtained a good testimony through faith, did not receive the promise, God having provided something better for us, that they should not be made perfect or complete apart from us. Now, ignore the chapter break and listen to the continuation. Therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us, and let us run with, note the word here, endurance or perseverance, the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and perfecter or finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, persevered the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Now look at verse 3. For consider him who endured such hostility from sinners against himself. Why? Lest you become weary and discouraged in your souls. Question. When we face trouble and trial in life, when the storms of life are literally swirling around us, is it not possible that we can become weary, tired, discouraged, despondent, dismayed, yes, even depressed? But back in verse 2, the Hebrew writer, in calling to mind the Christ, speaks of the enduring or persevering spirit that he maintained in going to the cross. And note, if you would, what he said, looking unto Jesus. I would say to us today that when we face the trials and tribulations of life, and I guess I could say whether life is good or bad, we ought to always keep our eyes on Jesus, to maintain focus in life. You see, the devil wants us to be discouraged, to grow despondent, because the devil understands that discouragement can ultimately lead to the breaking of our faith. In other words, we reach that point in time in life when we say, you know what, I've had enough, and we wave the white flag. The devil wants us to give up, to give in, we can't afford to do that. And so we've got to persevere. Now, I mentioned a moment ago that the trials of life, that they can help to make our faith. In Romans chapter 5, Paul talks about how tribulation works patience or perseverance. Perseverance, character, character, hope. Have you ever heard someone say that, Trials in life can build character, or that there are certain things that we experience in life that will help to build character. Well, you know what? Character building is not always easy because we learn when we face the trials and tough times in this life. And that's what, that's what the Bible teaches. Go back again and look at the life of Job and think about some of the rich, rich lessons that he gleaned as a result of facing that very dark period in his life. Let me give you another example, the Apostle Paul. When the Apostle Paul wrote to the church at Corinth in his second letter, Paul said down in verse 7, 
lest I be exalted above measure by the abundance of the revelations. He said, a thorn in the flesh was given to me, a messenger of Satan, to buffet me, lest I be exalted above measure. Now note verse 8. He said, concerning this thing I pleaded with the Lord three times that it might depart from me. And here's what the Lord said. My grace is sufficient for you, for my strength is made perfect in suffering. Now just, just think about that for a moment. Paul is suffering. Now there are a lot of questions as to what this thorn in the flesh might have been. We're not going to take the time to explore that, but nonetheless, Paul prayed, pleaded with the Lord to remove that thorn. And God said, no. No, the Lord said, my grace is sufficient for you. So what then was the lesson intended by God? Here it is. Paul said, therefore, most gladly, I will rather boast in my infirmities, that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore, that is in light of that, I take pleasure in infirmities, in reproaches, in needs, in persecutions, in distresses for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then I am strong. I really believe that what the Lord wanted Paul to understand, that Paul, no matter what you face in this life, you need to learn to depend upon me, to trust in me. Is that not what Solomon said many years ago? You remember Proverbs chapter 3? Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not under your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him, and he will direct your paths. In Psalm 56, David is talking about some tough times in his life. And David said, whenever I am afraid, I will trust in you to learn to depend upon the Lord. Now, very quickly. And thirdly, what about the victory over the trials of life? We've already talked about demonstrating this persevering spirit. I want you to listen to what James writes down in chapter 1 at verse 12. Blessed is the man who endures temptation, for when he has been tried or proved, James said he will receive the crown of life, that is, the victor's crown, the Stephanos, which the Lord has promised to those who love him. So here's a question. Who then will receive the victor's crown? Oh, those who have persevered, who have maintained their faith and fidelity to God to remember that when we face the trials of life, that there is hope. Our hope is anchored in God. I love Psalm 46, verse 1, when the psalmist said, God is a refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Two times in that psalm, the psalmist said, The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. So number one, our hope, is rooted in the Lord. But then number two, our help comes from the Lord. The psalmist on one occasion asked the question, from whence comes my help? And the answer, my help comes from the Lord. Who created the heaven, the heavens and the earth? Now look, if God had the power to create the world, and he did, then surely he can help me with the problems that I face in this life. Peter tells us in 1 Peter chapter 5, at verse 7, that we are to cast all our care on Him, and the reason is, 
for He cares for us. I close today by asking you this question. Are you a Christian? I can't imagine facing the trials and difficulties of this life without God. What would you need to do? Put your faith in Jesus. Jesus said, except you believe that I am, you'll die in your sins. That's found in John 8. And then to repent. Paul said that God commands all men everywhere to repent, Acts 17, verse 30. The reason is because he's going to judge the world, verse 31. To confess with your mouth what you believe in your heart, that Jesus is the Son of God. And then to be baptized, immersed in water. Why? So that your sins might be remitted, forgiven, Acts 2, verse 38. And God will put you in the church. And then to live that steadfast, faithful life, come what may. God bless. Thank you for listening today. We would love to have you visit with us at the Olive Branch Church of Christ, located at 9100 East Sandridge Road, Olive Branch, Mississippi, 38654. We meet for Sunday Bible study at 9 a.m. Worship is at 10 a.m. Sunday afternoon study is at 1 p.m. Tuesday morning class, Bible class, is at 10 a.m. Wednesday evening Bible class at 7 p.m. Please visit our website, www.olivebranchchurchofchrist.org.